Hey everyone, welcome to episode 19, where today I'm speaking with Jamie Pine. I used to go to school with Jamie, and since he's done a few amazing things. Firstly, he had a very successful career as a YouTuber. He's now set up and founded and is running a new company. They built an application called Space Drive, which is an awesome new file explorer. And they recently raised two million pounds with amazing investors from Naval Ravikant, to the founder of GitHub, to the CEO of Shopify. So Jamie is involved in lots of awesome things. Um, I hope you enjoy our conversation. And if you do, please hit subscribe. When we're at school together, I have this kind of memory of you bringing in, I think one day, some kind of DVDs that you'd burnt and you'd put a home movie on it or something like this. And either you were just giving them out or or selling them or something like that. Can you, can you remind me of what? what... <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, so yeah, no, I used to do that a lot. I, I was um, very much into making movies. Um, and uh, I didn't just like making movies. I liked everything around the movie. Like I wanted to make my own little short film with my friends and then take it on a press tour with printed DVDs and like sell it to people in school. And then I, I, they weren't that great. I remember one of them I, that I was walking around school selling was called Fatty Potter. Um, and it was just, it was just my friend, uh, a guy called Josh, just dressed as Harry Potter and I was Voldemort. Uh, and it was just so, and we were going around school selling that. And there were people that purchased it. Some people were like, you know, I was like five bucks or five, five bucks, uh, five quid. And they were like, uh, yeah, how's, how's 50p? I was like, you know what? Sure, have it. Fifty pounds. <laughs> there was no real value to it. I I remember now. I definitely gave you five pounds. I bought one. Yeah, you probably out of all the people, I bet you it was what it was. You probably that that would have bought it off me. Uh, well, I was a fan from the. Yeah. I was a fan from the start. So thanks for paying me with the podcast ten years later. <laughs> kind of owed me it, I guess. Um, okay, so but I mean, how did you? I because you know, I remember getting these DVDs and, and stuff. But what, what do you remember? What inspired you to to start? Was that the first venture you kind of had doing that, or had you been doing it for a few years? Was that your first project? Uh, no, yeah. So I mean, I'd been doing this long before I'd even joined the school. Um, I, I had, uh, I I think it was my must have been ninth birthday I, or tenth birthday. I really wanted a um, a mobile phone. Uh, it was like a Sony Ericsson with the with an orange button, and I was like begging my parents to get it. Um, they didn't. They got me a digital camera instead, uh, and I hated it at first. I was like, you know, okay. Uh, I was, I was, I didn't hate it. I was just disappointed. Like I'm like, oh man, I really want this phone. And so my friends uh, from my my it was year seven. It must have been year seven. Yeah, uh, came over to my house and we just started filming stuff. Um, was it year seven? I don't know. It was, it, I was young. Um, and we started filming things and, uh, it, but it was like, it, it was like this weird, like theater recording. We, we would all dress up and, and there'd be lights and we'd basically do this show, uh, and, and film it. And then I realized after a while that I could, uh, just cut the camera, start another shot. I knew nothing about video editing, but like, I, I knew that if I had multiple clips, I could just bring them onto my laptop, Windows Movie Maker, and stick them together. And then my dad taught me how to overlay music over the top of that. Um, and he was like, uh, giving me songs like Eye of the Tiger and um, just just all sorts of stuff that he liked. And I was just, just making movies, really stupid things with my friends. And I just kept doing it every single day. I was just obsessed with doing it. I, I recorded hundreds of films. Um, 
and I don't have all of them because some of them I I, I had this problem with storage where uh, obviously I couldn't afford like too many external hard drives. So when I'd run out of space, you know, I'm like, I need 200 gigabyte for this next movie. What am I going to do? And then do I delete the source files for for this whatever this fucking Ghostbusters or or Harry Potter ripoff that I was shooting? Okay, I guess I'll delete it. And I regret that so much now. But uh, yeah, I still have some. I have a lot of I have a lot still. Um, but I definitely had to delete some every now and then. But yeah, I just got obsessed with uh, making these stupid little films. And uh, I, I kind of eventually just led to, yeah, I think I this is like what I do. I make movies. <laughs> so I, when I got to Plymouth College, um, you know, I, it's, it wasn't really much of a... Um, it, I didn't really fit into like, okay, here's the, here's the group of people that make movies. There, there wasn't. <laughs> so I remember... Uh, actually, the school approved me to host my own after-school club. I don't know if you remember that. Um, it uh, you probably I don't know if you like that. It was usually I think it was the younger people that would come to it. Um, there was maybe like ten or fifteen people that would like show up, and it was like film. Yeah, it was film club, uh, and it was basically me teaching everybody about film. It was, <laughs> I completely. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, so um, that that was kind of embraced, but also I, I feel like a lot of people looked at me as like. Okay, this guy, you know, sucks at sports, sucks at academics. The fuck is he doing just running around with his fucking camera? <laughs> this is how it felt. Uh, I mean, we were just saying off, off camera, we think like the, the last time we saw each other was probably the last day of school. Just intrigued kind of what, so what exactly happened afterwards before you, before you kind of set up Notify? Like, was that, were you just, I know you went to the kind of nearby art school, Plymouth College of Art. Were you there for a bit and then you were a full-time YouTuber for a while and then you set up Notify. What was that kind of bit in between? At Plymouth College of Art for five years, because I did the two-year diploma, and then I did three years uh, university degree in film production. Um, my YouTube channel kind of started at the beginning of, like, when I left school. Um, that was where I made my first video when I was 16, like, my first per video on my current channel. Uh, it's private now, but um, it was a, it was just a coming out video because <laughs> like, uh, at that point, I remember uh, one of the last things I remember doing in Plymouth College was uh, coming out as gay uh, because I remember the the day that I said it to a couple of people, it spread around the entire school. There weren't no gay motherfucker in that school at all. There was no one. So like I remember being in the uh, being in the playground and having one of the rugby guys just yell from across the. I won't name him, but I remember his name. He yelled from a thing like, yo, James. I'm like, yeah. He's like, are you gay? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, cool. <laughs> it was just like, it's always a bizarre reaction because there were some people like, I remember in chemistry, um, someone asked Mr. Silito, hey, do you know you got a gay person in your class? How do you feel? <laughs> like, and he was like, I wouldn't feel any different. And it was, it was just, there was a lot of that. People would, people didn't know how to react to it in a countryside British private school in, in 2010. Um, it was just like, there weren't, it wasn't, you know, no, there were gay people in that school. I know it, but they did, were too scared to say anything. But you see, my love for attention just made me not give a shit. And then uh, I told everybody or I let it spread. Uh, so, yeah, it was like one of the first things or one of the last things I remembered happening at that school. And so when I came out, uh, when I left the school, I'm like, wow, okay, so I can just be open about this now. Uh, still terrified of my parents finding out, but I can 
find some solace in YouTube. And so I made a coming out video and, and that was where I kind of met other people going through the same things and I gained an audience. I think uh, it, it was reposted. It was just a video called, so yeah, I'm gay. And it was like a 10 minute video and it didn't do well on my channel. I only got like 5,000 views, which was pretty good for a fresh channel, but it was reposted to this other um, channel, which is like a, who just took people's coming out videos and posted them. It was like a, uh, I guess a collection of them. And uh, yeah, it got like 100, 200,000 views or something there. Um, and so that that fed the growth of my channel initially. And so, but it's still in, in my mind at the time, it was still like a private channel. It was still like, no one knows about this in my in the real world. Because, you know, I'm being open and honest about my life, and I don't want anyone to see it. And I talked about crushes I had at school in that video. And I don't want people from my school seeing that. <laughs> so it was uh, and eventually the, the, one of the people that I did have a crush on that I was talking about in that video saw that video realized that it was him and then reached out to me saying oh I had no idea and I'm like bruh <laughs> yeah I mean I, so. I wanted to um yeah remind myself of some of the other videos of that channel but I went on it and I think you said a second ago that a lot of them are private now is this like eight mm -hmm. videos on your channel how, how come how come you know not just that one but all the rest are, are hidden at the moment yeah I mean, it's, I, I've never denied, I'm not denying my, my past by removing these videos. I, what, the reason behind removing them for me is that uh, it, it's just, YouTube doesn't know how to prioritize what people find when they see me. And I've changed so much over the years and my message and my audience is completely changed. Like I'm a, I'm a tech guy now. Like I talk about technology and that's what people want from me. They Google me, they're looking for what react libraries should i use they're not looking for coming out video or uh or vlogs or whatever i don't want people to go through my back catalog and then get an idea of like that is me because i've changed so much um so i'm not ashamed of any of the stuff i've done because you if you go look hard enough plenty of it's still there um i just don't i just don't want to if you type my name in i just want my channel to come up with my stuff that I'm like, it would come boyfriend tag before my latest programming video. So I, you know, it's just not what I wanted. Um, so I removed a lot of it. Uh, and I, I consider maybe making a playlist because a lot of them are unlisted. So I can make a playlist if people really want to go back and have a look. But um, I, I, a lot of them are quite embarrassing, I, I feel. Because I, when I came out, uh, when I started making videos on YouTube, was, there was just no kind of guidelines of like, it, it was cringe. There was a lot of like, you know, I feel like now creators are way more defined because we've had like we've had time to iterate over what's like good to show on the internet and how a video should be structured and there's like a format uh, to a lot of vlogs and everything. Well, back then, I mean, it was cooler just to turn on the camera and just be yourself. You know, no editing, no nothing, square video, just be cute gay guy or whatever. <laughs> so I don't know, like that was the that was what I was trying to fit into. Um, there was no like, uh, you know, but then of course, <clears throat> I started to introduce more filmmaking techniques into my videos. People didn't really care too much. I mean, there was a couple of people that are like, oh, I love his shots and I love his cinematography and that, that. but I just didn't feel like, uh, I was wasting all this great cinematography efforts on my life. I hated vlogging because I'm like, does it's my life isn't interesting like it's I can make it seem interesting maybe if I do some interesting things but inherently like who cares like I, I really want to make things not uh you know just just be just be looked at <laughs> I don't know it just it felt it felt like I had so much more to offer 
and the audience I had built wasn't there for it. They were there for whatever else, like personal stuff. And, and that's fine. Um, I, but it just demotivated me. You know, like now I feel so great now because the people that follow me now follow me because of what I do, my programming. They couldn't care less what I look like. They couldn't care less about anything really about me or my personal life. They just want to know what I'm, what I'm building. And that is, that's where I wanted to be all this time. I just didn't realize how to get there. At the time though, apart from, apart from the coming out video, what were some of your most popular videos? <laughs> oh God, anything gay. Um, so it was like a boyfriend tag, um, birthday sex prank where, sorry if, the, if this is a PG podcast, but there was uh, it, You can it say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, it was a, just a stupid video where we, uh, I had one of my friends come visit my ex, or my current boyfriend at the time, um, but uh, we, he didn't know she was coming or something, and then we hid her, but he did know, but she didn't know that he did know, and we hid her in the closet to surprise him, but instead we had Mike pretend to come on to me and like, like make noises in the other room like we just started having sex and she's like in the cupboard and there's a gopro in there <laughs> so just that was my first attempt at a prank video and I, I thought that was hilarious it was brilliant um <laughs> her face but like uh, you know it was a little like i felt a bit weird putting something like that front and center on my channel because i'm like oh my god my parents my family my friend everyone's seeing this this is horrible so that's why like that was one of the first ones to go um yeah, I don't know. My most popular videos were always things I hated that were popular. I never like never wanted like I always wanted something I put the effort into to get popular. Cuz there's plenty of videos that I would spend weeks, months, even a year working on and perfecting and then post and then not get the kind of feedback that I wanted and yet I could sit down in maybe an hour and talk about something and post it and and close to a million views. I'm like, this is fucked. This is not fair. <laughs> it's just it's like the YouTube is really that's why it's a grueling process that I uh, you know unless you've really built up an audience in the right format that fits you then then you're really looking at that you're look you're 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 coming to terms with having to whatever video you make you have to find a way to make it clickable to make it gain attention and often you're sacrificing some form of dignity to do so um if you want a surefire, like, yeah, this will go viral or yeah, this will get views. And often I had sponsors to please too. So there was like, you know, like best fiends coming in with the, you know, 700 bucks flat rate. And then on top of that, like if you, if the video does well, you get more. And so like, there's always this incentive to like push it. And yeah, I don't know. I didn't like it. <laughs> Not with that topic of content. Obviously you're working on uh, space drive at the moment. We'll come on to that, but in terms of your future then like and you know like you're saying you're doing a lot less youtube you're more focused on your tech you know the tech company you're building but have you got many plans to to do some kind of video content in the future i know you do this like twitch streaming in the evenings yeah. like any vlogging or stuff you want to go back to or, or at the moment you're purely focused so, on on the company yeah well i have a, i have to admit um i can't watch vlogs at the moment i i, I feel it's something I don't know whether they're just uncool to me now or just they're, they're just hard to watch. I try watching other vloggers that really make great content. I just cannot sit through them. So I like ask myself when I keep thinking, oh, my God, I want to vlog my daily life as a programmer. Or I want to do stuff like that. I cringe thinking about it because I'm like, I, I, I just whenever I see someone talking about their life, I'm always thinking to myself, their life's not like that. They set this day up. That's not their every day. 
right? They didn't wake up at 6 a.m. Do they thought it's bullshit. I'm just like, I, I have no interest in it. So I don't want to make that kind of content because I don't care for that kind of content. Um, but what I do, there, there are things like content that, that I really, really desperately want to make. Um, and uh, I will make it. I have uh, invested a little bit of money in a new PC and uh, and some equipment, new cameras and stuff to uh, to kind of come back, you could say. Um, but it's going to be very, very different. It's going to be incredibly different. And I think one of my goals with Space Drive, and this can sound rather unconventional, um, and I haven't really talked about this with anyone other than myself yet, so <laughs> I don't know how this is. I'd like to build a media company alongside the tech company because I think they could go really well together um, and, and, and kind of cross-pollinate. <laughs> Just they, like, could, it's, I don't know if it's been done in the way I'm thinking before. A lot of times you'll see games companies doing this where they'll build media companies alongside the game company to promote the game. You just don't see it for software. And so me as a filmmaker and an engineer, I feel like it's kind of supposed to be. So I don't know if, uh, I don't know if that's breaking off the script a little bit with the, with, uh, the plan for Space Drive, but uh, I will aim at least. I'd like to aim to build a media company as well. Just the last thing about YouTube then. I mean, what was it like though being, because I guess you were a full-time YouTuber at one point. That's how you supported yourself and made your money. What was just life? How do you describe life as a, as a YouTuber? Um, it's weird. It's like, this is weird, uh, I guess, ego thing. I don't know. Like you, you just, you feel important. You feel like, so I, I went through my whole school life feeling a little bit like the odd one out, like the weird kid. Um, you know, I was bullied a lot, but not for being gay, but just for being a bit unique in my appearance. So, um, you know, it, it was like for me, this YouTube thing was suddenly this uh, ability to feel, um, I don't know, like like physically worth something, like, like people would like me or like uh, confident in front of a camera was another huge thing because I, I love being in front of the camera. I love making stuff but like throughout I would always want my other friends to act in things uh, because whenever I would do it and then I watch the footage back I'm like oh no I hate the way I look in that um, and that was a huge like psychological issue for me and so becoming a YouTuber and seeing all of these people just like look past my insecurities and just you know like freak out over and fangirl and do all those things that are just like you know it it boosts your ego but for me my ego was so low that it just put me at kind of just a normal state <laughs> of like okay right i feel confident now i feel like i i don't have to worry about how i look i still do but it it was nowhere near as bad as it was um and yeah it was a bit of fun it was really cool to to go to events like vidcon and somewhere in the city and feel like a little mini celebrity for a little bit and then come home and everything's normal um because it, it got even weirder uh, around the peak of my YouTube career because I decided to do a Channel 4 TV show. And that was where things became very strange. Maybe I must have seen this. Yeah, I just can't, can't believe I can't remember. Go Shopping. Yeah. Oh, okay, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, it, but I look back at it and I'm like, that is probably the cringiest of all things I've done. But it's hilarious because that is prob probably one of the key moments in, in my career because if i didn't do that i wouldn't have got verified on twitter and if i didn't get verified on twitter i would never have uh met the person that bought the domain for notify would have never started notify probably like i got a lot of things off the side of uh 
of just even having a verified pick, which I would have only been able to have gotten had I done something in legit media. And that TV show, as cringe as it was, was my ticket in that front. <laughs> and I, yeah, I look back at that show and I'm like, it was crazy because that was where I felt going from YouTube celebrity for a moment of like nothing to like just for a brief like couple weeks like at real celebrity i couldn't walk down the street in plymouth without someone either throwing eggs at me or yelling at me like or just like wanting to take a photo i had like people's parent like old ladies stopping me in london i went to london and old ladies would stop me on the street saying i loved you on the telly that's so great that you can make your own and i was like wow that's cr- this is crazy this is insane um I had a lot of fun with that but then you know you realize that i don't know it's like it's the wrong kind of attention it was just like who cares like the whole tv show is like i hate to say this i get sued for this but like it wasn't necessarily entirely accurate there was a lot of things that were either exaggerated or just outright embellished um you know i remember not gonna lie the narrator i mean you, you don't even need to be me to verify this but the narrator ba- basically just makes some numbers up throughout the show about me and like just like you could tell that he just cha- like completely made that up because he contradicts himself later on in the show so it's like <laughs> i don't know it's just it's frivolous channel four entertainment but i i did it so it is a it is what it is <laughs> So you really were a bit of a bit of celebrity for a few weeks afterwards when you walked around the. the Felt city. great for a bit, but definitely not uh, not the kind of celebrity that you you want to be. It was uh, just fun experience, I did say. Like I'm cool to cool to have done it. Very very weird walking around London with like a TV crew, and having them come to Plymouth too, and like we went to the Ho. <laughs> like it just this whole channel four tv crew and like i saw friends there and they were and they were, they were just filming me and shit and it was just really it was just yeah it was a fun experience like I, I i happy i did it but infinitely sad that for the rest of my life it's gonna be there <laughs> yeah it's oh that's a uh, that's a great story there okay so let, let's move on a little bit so let's talk about notify so that was that was kind of your first yeah. tech venture why don't we start yes. off by just you telling me what uh and everyone who's listening what what notify what notify was yeah so i uh i mean this this transitions pretty well i i uh after all the youtube stuff kind of died down you know all the hype from all that went away i was kind of just thinking what what to do next i I flew out to la spent a couple months there met some new people Uh, during this time i was really thinking about just changing up my career like to whatever I was like, do I jump into music? Do I jump into visual effects? Do I jump into actual filmmaking or YouTube again? And, and or tech? Do I do I learn to build something? And, and you know, so all these things were on the table, and I legitimately had my shot at all of these things. I, I made music. I made. Uh, I, I did client uh, visual effects work for music videos. I, I did this whole thing where I set like a car on fire that wasn't on fire, and, and spent like weeks working on that. Uh, there was a uh, what else did I do? I, I started this. Um, I started working on this like concepts for for this weird social network, actually called Space, not <laughs> not Space Drive. It was just called Space. Um, and I actually ended up even working with some other YouTubers. Uh, I I did this brief had this brief fling with Keemstar on a on a clothing brand called Flamingo. I'm sure he'll he'll love to recite that one. Um, I had this br- brief fling with Quebble uh, Cop building this tech crypto thing which turned out to be a flop and so there was just I, I didn't know how to code very well I could do HTML and CSS so when it was like when it came to like making these concepts 
I was like just researching. I was not a pro developer. I think that they kind of imagined that I was like a bit more of a pro developer by that point, but I was really just learning. And so there was a day where I'm streaming on Twitch and no one was watching <laughs> and I'm really sad because I'm like, I've got 150,000 subs on YouTube. Why can't I, why can't they come here to Twitch? Just like that. Why don't I own my audience is the question I asked myself. And um, so I just thought, I literally said to myself, notifications you can trust. Huh? Cause everyone's complaining about notifications. Everyone, these YouTubers, every fucking video, they're like notifications aren't being delivered. This is this is tragic, guys. YouTube's getting in the way of my access to to my fans. Like this is my career on the line, and when are they ever going to fix this? And uh, you know, I just figured that YouTube themselves, as a company, had been like they never listen. They've always been like this. They'll do whatever the hell they want. They don't listen to the to the creators. And so, it felt like someone needed to come forward and build something that 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 that, that helps them, that made it so it didn't matter whether YouTube listened or not. And that was Notify. Um, and so I came up with a name on that first day, found the domain name, saw it was $39,000 for purchase, premium domain on GoDaddy. Couldn't afford that, of course, was broke. Uh, still in debt from the whole YouTube thing, because bear in mind, even though I was on Rich Kids Go Shopping, I was not rich. Uh, I, I made a decent amount of money from merch sales and sponsorships, but my God, my ex would spend that. So like, I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't have much. I was actually left in debt by this point. So you, you've got, I didn't really have too many options. So um yeah, I, I decided just to to kind of ignore the debt <laughs> and just jump on Twitch, start learning to code, and start building this idea Notify. And I, w I went around telling all my YouTube friends, uh, calling them up on Discord, pitching them the idea, and them saying, this is genius, this is incredible, go it. So they were gassing me up, which was like amazing because I'm like, okay, I have the support now of all of my YouTube friends who collectively make up a good five, 10 million subs worth of people. So like I had decent amount of potential access to audience uh, if I built this thing. So it really, to me, it was a no brainer. I just need to build it. That was the only variable. And so I streamed because my mom was telling me to get a job, started streaming on Twitch. Uh, people could donate while I was working and learning. And the first day I streamed, I had like 30 viewers. That people like this programming category that I'd found on Twitch actually had like a small little community and was looking for somebody with a good quality stream with a cool project to just watch. And uh, I fit that perfectly. And so I, I gained viewers really quickly. I mean, not like the thing is the programming community is a, there's a limit. You can't just keep growing. You grow to the point that I'm at and that I've been at for a while. And that's your that's as much as you're going to grow on Twitch. Uh, in that community, unless you use YouTube or TikTok to bring in viewers from the outside, which is what a lot of the bigger ones have done. Um, but yeah, for me, I, 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 I just want, I built up this Twitch audience. And, and from that, I built up an audience for Notify. I built up a community of developers working on Notify. And we just had this whole thing going, a big Discord server, 1,000, 2,000 people. Uh, my stream was doing well. I was making a good two, 3,000 pounds a month. Um, from donations and uh, uh, and I guess it's, yeah subs on Twitch, and so that was getting me by. Um, and uh, obviously, Notify was like not for like not making money or not uh, the team weren't getting paid, so everyone was just kind of volunteering their time. So a lot of the people that were working on it were quite inexperienced, were you know like fresh out of high school type beats. So uh, we really were just like a, a noob team, just working for free in our spare time, just figuring it out. And obviously, I was all in on it because I had 
didn't have a job and Twitch was paying. So I was able to keep doing it. So I did it for a year. We got the domain name notify me uh, from uh, uh, just a, a billionaire I made friends with on Twitter who bought me the domain name for free. I was like, what? It was just bizarre. You can't um, say who? But no, I mean, I don't know if I can say who, but you know, I mean, people know because you work out, okay, how many billionaires is Jamie friends with? So it's just, it's just like, you can just narrow it down. I'll tell you off the recording. Uh, oh, I'd love to know. It's, yeah, no, it's a, it was a bizarre story. So yeah, I managed to get the domain notify me so that was in my hands now and and then uh after maybe a year a year and a bit i decided to try i finished making in a day the the announcement video because i tried so i had plans for this video i was like talking to people from like acting places to do like a whole like a whole thing gonna get a film crew together and i ended up just going with sitting in front of the camera and talking about it which i'm very glad i did because that communicated the concept well enough to the in the right way for the right audience it was just a good mix and so that video ended up going viral on twitter with like uh, in the youtube circles it was retweeted by god so many people from like jacksepticeye to algato like like ever like all these big twitch streamers cdm the third and uh, it was like we i think we had nearly 200 million subscribers worth of youtubers signed up on the day that that video came out so like immediately there's like good really big numbers to flex um, and so these investors started coming in my DMs and this is one investor that was like, Hey, we got in a call and they're like, so what do you do? Who are you? And I'm like, yeah, I just, I'm a guy <laughs> I sit at home all day in the middle of nowhere, England and just code. And they're like, how long have you been there? I'm like, I haven't left the house in like a year because it's true. I didn't, I hadn't, I had literally barely even gone to the grocery store. I'd stayed inside for a whole year building this thing. Um, and then, uh, they flew me out to Detroit. They're like, Hey, come, come out. No strings attached. Just come to to Detroit and we'll talk about um, the future of Notify. And so I get there and it's, um, it's super cool. It's like a hundred thieves offices. And uh, you know, there's like stuff about like honey on the wall cause they'd invested in honey and um, all the companies they'd invested in on a big whiteboard. And so like, it was like a really cool experience. Detroit was lovely unexpectedly. I remember when I got to Detroit, the, 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 um, the guy's like, uh, oh, why are the, the border agents? Like, why are you here? I'm like, um, uh, meeting someone on the internet from the internet. And he's like, so let me get this straight. You're coming to Detroit to meet someone you just met on the internet. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, good luck. <laughs> he let me in. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 but Detroit was actually lovely. Like, I think the area that I've been, that I was at downtown Detroit's like really been renovated. And so it's a lot, a lot like it felt like New York. Um, and so, yeah, I went there and then met these people uh, and they helped me set up a company. So I incorporated Notified Technology Inc. in Delaware uh, using Stripe Atlas, 500 bucks in the bag and it's done. And then uh, we, he put me on the phone with like tons of investors from like uh, Benchmark, Sequoia, Greylock, all these huge firms. And I'm just talking to people and I'm like, I'm like, my mind's blown at this point. Like, I'm just, this is crazy. I'm in Detroit and um, thinking about raising money. And, and uh, when I got home, that was when they're like, okay, so we think you should raise a million dollars. And I'm like, sounds good. Well, I, internally, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, it, it, I just didn't know. Is that a lot? Is that not enough? And as I've learned now, it's not that much, actually. Like, it's, it's, I know it sounds like a lot, but in the, in the tech world, 
that's like barely a seed check. It's a it's can a pre seed. Thinking now, I barely can a pre seed actually. actually. Yeah, <laughs> like twenty million or at least or much more for. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, a, great, it was yeah. a great great well, idea. I mean, so. But yeah. you have to look where Notify was at the time. And they were maybe right to make that. That was a safe bet for them, of course, because it failed. Uh, but uh, at the time, there was no product market fit. There was no product out in the market. And uh, there was no revenue stream. It was just an idea that had some tech and some audience. So it was a hype train. Uh, and it all rested on me and my team putting building something that would work. And so it was a variable. Um, this was the nerd, the nerd house. Well, yeah. So then we fast forward, get the million dollars, which I got to about eight, seven, five, actually, and then got bored of fundraising because it was taking months. You know, I had to talk to so many investors just to get one to cut a check. And there was only five investors. So realistically, I was wasting tons of time talking to tons of people that were never going to invest because they knew that this was a very, very difficult challenge. I was taking on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all of these big platforms and saying, hey, let me take one of your core functionalities away from you, your notifications and subscription streams, and let me do that on my side. And then and then your f- creator is going to promote this to their fans. Of course, it's going to annoy YouTube. It's going to get in the way. It's not even going to annoy YouTube as much as it's going to annoy the fans who, if they don't find an incentive to actually do that, 